Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 4, verses 38 through 40. Last week, as we concluded the message, we saw Jesus in the synagogue of Capernaum. We saw him there teaching the scriptures. We saw him there casting out a demon spirit from a man who was possessed. And Luke writes that the worshipers there in the synagogue were absolutely astounded. They were amazed. They were amazed not only at um, Jesus' power over the demon spirits, but also of his ability to open the scriptures and teach them. He, he, he was doing that like no one else had ever done before. When we came to the end of that passage last week, we, we saw these words in verse 37, and reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. That makes sense. When you see someone cast out a demon, verifiable, and you hear teaching like you've never heard before, you're going to talk about it and tell other people about it. But when you look at that verse, it sort of sounds like that Luke is setting us up to transition from that particular day in that particular town to a new day, in a new place. But the fact of the matter is, is that when we get to verse 38, we're not transitioning to a new day or a new place. The things that we're going to look at today are just a continuation of the same day. So everything we talked about last Sunday and everything we're going to talk about this Sunday all happened on one particular Sabbath day there in Capernaum. So let's read and find out what else Jesus got himself involved in on that day. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Just a quick explanation, that is actually Peter. This is before he was called as a disciple, before his name was changed. He was born Simon. He became Peter when Jesus included him into his circle of disciples. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever... And it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ." And when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him, and they would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. I was thinking about that afternoon lunch at Peter's house. It reminded me of my childhood. I grew up in a family where, without fail, we were in Sunday school and church every single Sunday. And one of my fondest childhood memories was not really of being in church, but it was after church. We would drive home about 12, 13 miles, and we would get there, and so many Sundays, we would open that back door and walk in, and when we did, Wow, 
the aroma that just assaulted you. It was a beautiful aroma, but it just would grab you and cause your mouth to begin to salivate. You see, during my childhood, one of my mother's favorite Sunday afternoon meals was roast beef with all the trimmings. And she would put that in the oven long before Sunday school. And then we'd drive off and we'd spend the morning there at church. By the time we got back, that beef had been in there slow cooking for four or more hours. And I want to tell you what, when you walked in the house, It was just, you knew heaven was near. Now, we're not told um, in this account what was cooking at Simon Peter's house. But what we do know is that when the synagogue gathering was over, Jesus did go there for an afternoon meal. And when they arrived at the house, we find that they confronted Jesus with a family crisis. It seems that uh, Peter's mother-in-law was ill with a great fever. We're not told exactly what it was other than she just had a great fever. And no doubt, having witnessed that morning, Jesus dealing effectively with a demon spirit, they were thinking to themselves, perhaps Jesus can do something for our loved one. I mean, if he can cast out demon spirits, surely he can do something about this illness that she has. And so they asked him if he would do something for her. We find in the text that Jesus responded. He went into the room where she was laying there in agony, and he did do something. He did something nobody else had ever done, ever. He simply stood over her bed, and he rebuked the fever. It's interesting. He rebuked the fever, and it left her. Now, when I think about that particular aspect, I think about the great result. She was healed. That's awesome. But then I look at the method and I ask myself, isn't that a little odd? How he dealt with that? Rebuking a fever? Now, earlier that day, he had rebuked a demon spirit. But you see, that demon spirit was a living uh, person. Was a living person. And so rebuking that living person makes perfectly good sense. But fevers aren't living persons. They may be caused by bacteria, they may be caused by virus, uh, both of those living organisms, but neither have personhood. And so to me, it just seems a little weird that Jesus would be rebuking something that does not have personhood. And yet, what we find as we go through the Gospels is Jesus did that on more than one occasion. In fact, in Luke chapter 8, verse 24, we find Jesus with his disciples uh, out on the Sea of Galilee, and a violent storm erupted, and Jesus was asleep in the boat, but the disciples were terrified, and we're told that when they could take it no longer, they woke Jesus up, and they, they were upset because they felt they were going to perish. And what did Jesus do? The Bible says he rebuked the wind and the waves. You know, wind and waves have no life. They're not living things, nor do they have personhood. But when Jesus spoke the word, it matters not that they didn't have personhood, nor were living. They obeyed his word. And so it was for Simon Peter's mother-in-law. At his word, her fever left her immediately, and so dramatic and complete was her healing that she got up to serve Sabbath dinner. Now, that brings me to truth point number one. And so, if you have your note guide handy there, it's in the bulletin. Uh, You might want to take note of this. 
Here in this aspect of the passage, we, we find Jesus demonstrated his authority. He demonstrated that his authority went beyond simply proclaiming truth. He possessed authority over demons, and he possessed authority over bodily disease. Now, this is a, um, uh, a fact that wasn't lost on the people of Capernaum. We know that news spread quickly about what Jesus had done in the synagogue that morning and now what he has done at Simon Peter's house. And you would think that crowds would have gathered long before evening, but you see it was the Sabbath day and there was Sabbath regulations about travel and so uh, the Jews uh, didn't want to break the Sabbath so they waited. But as soon as the sun went down and the Sabbath was passed, the Bible says, Luke says, that they began to come from near and far, bringing family and friends who were sick and those who also were under satanic power that was oppressing them. What we find is that as they come, Jesus patiently remains. He makes himself available. And Luke tells us that everyone who came seeking a physical healing, he would lay his hands on them or he would speak to them and they would receive what they came for. Some of the people Jesus discerned had, had uh, uh, the root of their problem was not a disease, but the work of satanic powers oppressing them. And so he would command the spirits and they would come out. What you see going on here is a wholesale ministry of healing that was indiscriminate, meaning it was not based on merit. He didn't heal people because they deserved it. He didn't cast out demons uh, because they had faith. They were healed and they were delivered based on Jesus' good nature and his good will to touch them and heal them without regard to their merit or their faith. You know, there are people today who claim to have this power. We've seen them on television. Perhaps some of you have seen them live at a, at a crusade. We call them faith healers. And um, basically, the way it works uh, to unleash their healing power, uh, we are told that the person coming must have faith. They must really have faith. And if they don't get healed, then it's usually said they didn't get healed because they didn't have faith. Now, I have a question for you. Is Jesus' power reliant on our faith? Not according to this text. Uh, Jesus healed people of disease. He delivered them from spiritual oppression. And there's no mention of it being predicated on faith. It was predicated on his good will to heal them. That's something to keep in mind. His power is not dependent on our abilities to do anything, but it's dependent only upon his good will to do something. Now, as we think about faith healers and we think about Jesus being the healer, I want to share with you quickly six characteristics of Jesus' healing ministry that sets him apart from the, um, the faith healers of today or even of the era back then. Number one, take note that Jesus healed with a word or a touch. He did not have to whip people into a frenzy before he could do anything. No, the, the problem would simply be presented and he would either speak to that problem or touch them and they would receive their healing. 
Jesus healed instantly. There was no progressive healing, no waiting for a, a week or a month. At the very moment of impact, healing was accomplished. Number three, Jesus healed totally. You know, we see here with uh, Peter's mother-in-law that so complete and so total was her healing that she immediately got up out of her bed and went to serve. She went to, to do dinner. She went to serve them and make sure that they were taken care of. That is amazing. She couldn't get up out of the bed before, but now all of a sudden she has the energy. She has the strength. Her body has been healed totally. Number four, on this particular day, we see that Jesus healed everyone. Everyone. That, Luke is careful to make mention of that. Everyone. No long lines of people who failed to get their healing. Anyone and everyone who came received what they came for. Number five, and I like this one, Jesus healed visible disease, visible maladies, right? So often, you know, when you see the faith healers of today, it's always something you can't verify. Lower back pain, indigestion, something's going on that's hidden somewhere else in the body, and you don't know what's really going on. But Jesus touched people who had visible disease and maladies. He restored sight to blind people, and everybody in the community knew that they were blind. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.